your host, Eric Balance, and this is the Resilient Minds Podcast. Join me as I explore the capabilities of our minds and how our X Factor can become our Y Factor. Now is our time. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Resilient Minds Podcast. I'm really humbled and grateful today to have Sashin Govender um, here with me. Uh, He's the founder and CEO of the TMS Ecosystem, which owns more than 20 companies around the planet. Um, He's also a world-renowned speaker on leadership, sales, entrepreneurship, digital marketing, and an expert in helping you reset your paradigm. His motto in life, simple, work like you're broke whilst bridging the gap between generations and helping individuals becoming the millionaire student. Sasha was born and raised in South Africa, a third world country with an average monthly income of $300. Through hard work, determination, he was able to earn his first six figures by age of 19, seven figures at 21, and became one of the youngest multimillionaires at 24. He attributes much of his success to personal development, which he's been introduced at the young age of eight years old and is also a chess wizard at six years old, who, which helped him develop a strategic mind and process and is becoming and has become the visionary where he sees and plans 15 moves in advance. I love that, dude. I love it. Welcome. It's so good to see you, bro. <laughs> Thank you so much, Eric. I really and truly appreciate um, you know you having me on. Um, you know, I'm humbled and grateful, um, Sashin. And honestly, you know, here on the Resilient Minds podcast, I'm really always emphasizing how our experience it really um, our X factor, our experience really determines our why or our pursuance of our why. So. If you don't mind going back down, and I know I, I briefly shared some of these experiences, but you know, going back to the, the the age of eight years old and how you've been able to grow, what has it been that that you know you you recognize at eight that your mind was that profound asset that today contributed to where you are today? You know, Eric, it all started off way before eight years old, and I know those who are listening right now are probably thinking, "Wow." Eight years old, that's already young enough. But for me, it started off at two years old when my parents got separated, when they got divorced. And literally weekdays with my mom, weekends with my dad, vice versa, watching my parents not see eye to eye from when I was two till 24 years old. That was that mess that I went through in life. And that mess decided to formulate into my message. That pain turned into my passion. That frustration turned into my freedom that you see today. So when you looked at two years old and not growing up in a broken family or broken home, but growing up with a family that just didn't live together, I was stuck in the middle with my sister and I was getting personal development from my mom's side, my dad's side, and they were both trying to prove who's a better parent. And my sister and I are just absorbing it from both directions. So in actual fact, that was a blessing that actually was handed to me. And eight years old, when I got introduced to self-development, I didn't know about personal development. I didn't know about books. I didn't know about, you know, anything along the line of mentors. But when I got introduced to it, I actually heard the words visualization, affirmation, 
mentors and I'm in grade three or two, I would say two to three, in between the bridge between two to three at eight years old, I'm absorbing all of this whilst I'm a straight D student in, high, in, in primary school. And um, when I got introduced to self-development, that was a disguise to mentally strengthen my mind. Because I believe mind is, you know, life is not a physical pain game. Life is mental pain. And if people can go through that mental pain, they will win in every form, fashion, and aspect in their life. So I had to go through it. So when my teachers told me, you're a straight D student, you're not going to make it in life. And that was all building blocks and stepping stones that we all go through. But I was mentally strong. I already knew that my teachers were just there for a season in my life. And that's why when you hear me speak, it's, it's speaking on behalf of all my mentors, all the books. I don't speak on behalf of me. I'm a product of the self-development system. I'm yes. learning, absorbing, and executing. I'm not, a, I'm not learning, absorbing, and storing. Most people absorb and store. I'm applying. And then um, I took that self-development, and I got introduced to a few things like in business, and I always found the gap. If there was no gap, I'd create the gap. So I found a gap with, um, you know, at a very young age in school, these mini skateboards. So I'd go to the wholesale store. I'd buy it in wholesale. I'd come back to school. I'd retail it. Those who already had it, I would teach them the tricks on how to actually use it. So I was making money upon money. I was making a business upon a business. And then... At, um, uh, you know, at 13 years old, I was selling WWE wallpapers. So I'd go to the library, print it out, go back and sell it in school just to make it. Garage selling. Garage selling. I love exactly. it. Good and old then, Gary style. 100%. And then 17 years old, I was selling chocolate fudge and making $200 a week. That's $800 a month. The average income in Africa is two to $300 a month. I'm making... Yeah way more than that. At 18 years old, I got introduced to my very first sales business and I knew nothing about sales, but with the tenacity, the mentality, the mindset, the zero emotional attachment, I took that and I took a company to about $3 billion in about eight years. I scaled them to 42 countries globally to about plus minus 3 million customers that you see today. And from that moment onwards, in last year, 2019, I branched off and formulated 19 other companies. So mastered the craft, then started to diversify. I don't want to take on too much at once. And then it's just been a change make of a process. Wow, blessing. So behind all of this, there's a, there was a massive why. There's been a massive, massive shift. Was there a defining moment throughout this process that really was like, holy cow, where do I need to step into this and really serve at the highest level? Because you shared something specific. So before we elaborate on that question, you shared something specific, which really resonates with me specifically. And I'm sure many that are listening is the sales side of things. And I think that there's so many of us that we go into sales thinking that we won't like it or we do it for other people. And all of a sudden this whole new methodology comes where you're like, wow, I can do this for myself. I can do this with my own you know, brilliance with me, if I create a product or a service or something that's unique about me. And that was like an aha moment for me where my defining moment, 
So again, I go, I come back and I ask you throughout that presence, throughout that experience, where was that same defining moment that maybe you had where you like, holy cow, I can change people's world. I can change my why. And I can set that vision out for, for so many people. So Eric, there was actually a few throughout the pinnacle. There was a few and, uh, you know, at a very young age, my why and my reason, my purpose was purely based on my family. And, um, you know, I started to transition where I had to take my why and make it about other people. So their why had to become my why in life in order for me to grind until 2, 3 a.m. In order for me to work on a Saturday and Sunday. So I needed to shift it around and make it all about them rather than about me. So if I wanted a dream car, I would need to find what their dream car is and make them want to live my dream life. And in return, I would receive the results. There was a few humble moments on the way because I saw success. 19, I made that six figures. 21, I made that seven figures. 18, 24, I made eight figures. And, you know, I bought the dream cars. I bought the homes. And uh, I moved into the president's house. And I bought the Ferrari at 23, the Aston Martin at 21. But there were stepping stones. And I'll give you a few examples. You know, at 23 years old, at 25 years old, in fact, I uh, wrote off my Ferrari. I was driving 80 kilometers per hour. My mom was in the car and we're driving and literally hit a water patch. Car flipped, lost control. I had no control wow. over it. Wow. Car flipped, total, you know, right off. It made every newspaper on that day. But here's the deal. That morning, I had a dream of someone pulling my Ferrari away from me. So Eric, we get to points where we hit a point and we have to take off and God shows us who's in power, who's got control. Maybe we're going too fast. Maybe we're not, a, we're not respecting the process. And that's, you know, there's a few other processes and times where I realize, hold on, we make the cars, we make the money, we make the homes. Those things don't make us. And I got to a point where in my career, and most people do that in sales, is where they need to elevate their lifestyle. Buy a better car so people can buy into it. Buy a better home so people can buy into it. Dress more fancy with brands. People can buy into it. Buy a Rolex. People can respect you more. And I realized when you get into that trap, Eric, what starts to happen is you got to continuously impress. So when you buy that Ferrari California, there's always a 458. There's always a 488. When you buy the apartment, the penthouse, there's always a mansion. When you buy that brand new Gucci or Louis Vuitton shirt, there's a new range coming out and you got to fall in that trap. And I, um, that week that I was about, to I was going to buy two new cars that week, that specific week at 25 years old, I was at the pinnacle, Eric, at a point where I never needed to wake up and I was going to make a million a month. Wow. Wow. I never needed to wake up. I was making a ton of money, but I was, it was humbling moments for me to realize, hold on, there's another level here. And um, I started to flip it around. I started feeding, educating, clothing a thousand children per month. I started to study me, study my life, study books, study audios, study videos, go back to what got me to where I am when I was eight years old till 10, 15, et cetera. Cause we all stop growing. It's all, it's all about, you know, and when you find that formula, it's very simple to add zeros and commas, but we need to continuously stay humble. If we're not humble in life, we will be humbled by life. Wow. Blessing, bro. Amazing. I totally can relate to so much of what you're saying, man. And I just want to say thank you for sharing. 
because there's so much presence here just in the way that you're sharing that in the in the in the hump like the way that the humility that you're offering and um i see that so much of us you know that are out there grinding and wanting to evolve and wanting to serve um this last week i have a, had a very similar vision where you know if you become nothing or no one you start to achieve the, the true potential of what life can offer and so it would really just like like you gave me goosebumps when you shared that so i just want to share is like why as you continue to grow and you you've been on this profound journey now of development and you've you've taken you know a step back and looked internally you know what would you say has been that process that you know that that you ended up doing to look back inside for somebody that might be starting right now from zero so if someone is starting right now the first mindset they need to develop and it's pretty difficult unless you go through it is having that zero emotional attachment I'm not just talking zero emotional attachment to things. I'm talking to zero emotional attachment about opinions, zero emotional attachment about validation. We so we look forward to acceptance, appreciation, validation. Yeah. We look for it. We are attracted by it. And what starts to happen is that's why we do it. So we do it because we want more of it. And you know, we do we we get more of the comments, more of the likes more of the you know and then we get to a process where we read our own press clippings and we listen to the introductions of how people introduce us and talk uh, talk about us and elevate us and i just needed to realize that it's a zero emotional attachment pro process stop getting attached so that's number one people need to realize that if i could go back years ago and tell myself session you got to be you know eliminate the attachment and, and you will progress. Number two, don't accept, expect things from people because expectation leads to disappointment. Yeah. When you expect something in return, you're always going to be disappointed. And it's as simple as having a friend. Uh, you know, Eric, when we grew up, our parents told us one day, you're going to be able to count your friends on one hand. And today, oh, you and wow. I can sit here and we can literally count our friends on a few fingers. So, you know, you get to a point where the more money you make, the more friends you have, the more they want to borrow money, the less friends you have, the more demotiv demotiv demotivated you become. So that's another point you want to look at. And then also at the same time, as much as we have an economy that's boosting up and recession that's taking us down, we got to let all of that happen to us and not within us. Because when we let it happen within us, it starts to eat us up from within. The biggest disease is not the coronavirus. If anything, we need a vaccination for a negative mindset. That's what we need. The biggest disease is not cancer. It's not HIV and AIDS. It's not anything else besides a negative mindset. And I can't teach you how to stay positive 24-7, 365. I can teach people how to let it happen to them, bounce off, and just control your life. Your problems were made for you. My problems were made for me. Whether we change industries, change companies, change product lines, it's not going to change anything. We still need to go through our pro problems because it's what it was tailor-made for us. Yeah. Wow. Wow. It, and it, you're right. And, and as we continue to grow, 
these ideas of our of our decisions versus our conditions, as Tony likes to say, is what shapes our destiny, right? And I find that as we continue to create these new um, identities as we evolve, we can create new ideas. Now I see there's this beautiful bookcase behind you. And I love, you know, I love seeing that. And I'm curious to know some of those books, definitely. But it takes me to the question, where do you get some of your best ideas, Sashin? So my best ideas, ironically, is in my Zen zone. So I put myself in a state where I, and, and you, so I played chess when I was six years old, as you mentioned. Yeah. And in chess, you got to be able to see three, five, 10, 15 moves in advance. You have to have it planned out. And if this doesn't work, you have a plan B in life or you have a plan B in that vision. So, and every move you make, you're counterattacking it. Can my opponent do this? So every move I make in life, you're either going to do it better than you either. So there's two things in life. You're either going to catch the trend very early or you're going to do it better than everyone else if you're going to catch a trend later in life. So for me, I get into a process, into a state. And when I'm in that state, I don't do everything. I've been pitched with ideas almost every single day. I don't say yes to every idea. If it doesn't fall in my path, if it's not going to position me to make a billion by 30 years old, if it's not going to help other people, and most importantly, if I'm not passionate about it, I don't care about a quick $10,000, $100,000. And, you know, so you're going to be able to make sure it's a process. So I get, I got a whiteboard. I love a marker and a whiteboard. I got it everywhere in my house, in my room, in my dining room, here in my studio. And I'm busy randomly. Whiteboard, marker, drawing up, picturing the plan, working backwards. Like from a chess match, I know what the process is going to be. I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Now let's work backwards. When you look at this word S-A-W, I saw myself speaking at the AT&T Stadium for 25,000 people. Yep. I saw myself living in the president's house. I saw myself driving that dream car. I saw myself having 20 businesses. I saw myself making that desired income. Flip the word S-A-W around. It stands for W-A-S. I was there in my mind. I was there in that state. I was mentally there before I physically experienced it for several days before I bought my first car. I was walking to school. I could picture myself driving. It was so real where I could feel it, smell it, experience it, live it, and it happened. I attracted it into my life. I spoke it into existence. I felt it. And, um, you know, it's, it's a simple process of even if you're in the shower and you're thinking about opportunities, you're going to speak it into existence. You're going to bring forth. You're going to give birth to it. One negative thought, it, all, it takes a split second, but you need 15 positive thoughts to counterattack a negative thought. How long does it take to have 15 positive thoughts? Days, weeks, minutes, hours, versus one split second that you give birth to a negative thought. So it's that whole process. And um, so you got to, when I make a decision, I have a decision-making process aligned to position me there. Now, yeah. I'll give you an example. I've started 20 companies, okay? Seven of the 20 has made over a million. But some of them, I started off with the wrong intentions. It was not solving a problem. It was not adding value. 
So I decided to walk away from it because sometimes it's easier to walk away from it than to actually manifest more into your life that's going to focus so much of energy. Some people are doing the wrong things like right now. They're focusing on things just to make money rather than focusing on what's going to be here 5, 10, 15, 20 years from today. What's legacy money rather than quick money? And that's why I laid the golden egg from the golden goose for eight solid years before I started my second business, my 19th business, my 20th business. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, dude. So tell me this, because I think that this is a fascinating concept with the, with the concept of was and saw. And I love that. I love that whole picture and the way that you painted it. I think it's really profound with that saw. And that was, was it was within you or you were there. Did you know people, you know, that, you know, that common saying, you know, dreams, they're, they're, you know, they're not going to happen. They're not meant to be there. And I always share with people, I say, listen, if people are telling you that your dreams are real, it's because they don't understand the power of the mind. They don't understand the power that you can show up and how the visual visual in your brain, like it, the mind doesn't know the difference between what's real and what's, what's, what's not real. And I get fascinated by the concept. So if anybody is out there and they're telling you, you know, or, or, or saying to, 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 they have a, they have a, um, a community or a family um, that is telling them, listen, your dreams are impossible. Your dreams are, are not relevant. Your dreams are, imp you can't make it happen. What would you tell them? So there's a few things. Number one, I like doing a simple process because people don't like high level answers and they don't like debates. So as simple as this, take your phone, go to your mentor, someone who you want to live their lifestyle, go to their Instagram. Then go to that person that's giving that opinion and go to their Instagram, put it side by side. Which lifestyle do you want? You make Love the it. choice. Love then secondly, just like how when you go into a bank and you ask for a loan, what do they ask you for? What type of assets are you going to back that loan up with? Give me your three-month bank statement. Ask that person who's trying to validate your opinion for a three-month bank statement. If you're willing to buy into their opinion, you need to be able to buy into their bank balance. Mm. So buy into what they say. Don't just buy into uh, their opinion, buy into what their backbone truly is. And then you'll start to realize those who are talking aren't qualified to talk. And another thing I love doing is I realize a few things. Flip it around. Let's not think positive. Let's spend the whole day, the whole week, the whole month thinking negatively. Con, 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 con. Won't, 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 won't. Bad, 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 bad. Regret, regret, regret. Let's see how long that takes you for you to be pissed off and trying to, you want to position yourself to commit suicide. You want to hate your life. Let's see how long that takes you. Then do the total opposite. Because it's as simple as what you were doing, do the total opposite and watch how things start to formulate. For me, I was very fortunate. When I got introduced to personal development at eight years old, I had zero emotional attachment to my parents getting separated. I was not attached to it at all. In actual fact, I thought it was normality. I thought it was normal for parents not to be together. Why self-development? If you want to be a 20, 30, 40, 50 year old with a 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 year old mind, self-development can get you there. Human beings stop growing at 18 years old because they're sick and tired of learning because a school educational system screwed them up by thinking learning is not self-development. Learning is what you can remember and rewrite the next day. 
So they're 20, 30, 40, 50 year old physical appearance, exterior, and an 18 year old mind with their interior. So they mm. stop growing. And as a maturity factor, we don't have the, the mental tenacity to sustain the lifestyle we truly desire. You touched on school and I just want to turn that and I want to ask you, you know, where do you see that going? Because that is, I, you know, like I personally, you know, I went, I did the university thing. I, I, I tried it. It was something I literally do that. I spent five years in university. I spent three months in the job. <laughs> so, so I want to just ask like, where do you see university or post-secondary or any of this educational system turning to? So firstly, I'm not against education. I love it, but it's your plan A. What's your plan B? What's your plan C? It's your plan A. And then I want to reverse that question. And I want us to look at our parents, grandparents, great-grandparents. What they studied and the industry they're in today is generally two different directions. Correct. Then I want you to look at the whole coronavirus and start to look at the people with quality, qualifications, with titles, with status level that they've been driven by and start to look at what type of income that's breeding. Then look at the Forbes list and look at the people what in, in what they studied versus what they have. E-commerce is not taught in school, but look at Jeff Bezos. He owns 13% of Amazon and he's positioned to become the first trillionaire in the world. So we start to look at that and debate it. Now you can debate the people you're learning from in school, but at the same time, I finished off with a final schooling career, grade 12, that's it, qualification. In fact, I did not even go back to school to get my results. That's how confident I was, I was gonna make it without school. So we need to realize school is the foundation. It teaches you how to have morals, it teaches you how to have respect, it teaches you the basic fundamentals of life, it's not gonna put food on your table. Because if it will, Get your degree and sit at home and let's see how much it pays you. You still have to take action. You still have to execute. And I love telling people, you can use the money that you were meant to spend at school on self-development courses, on books and audios, and formulating your very first business. That's what I would do. See, I convinced my parents, I'm going to take a gap year. That gap year has turned into right now eight gap years because I was just so solid about my thinking. And I want people to understand if you don't believe you're going to succeed outside school, follow the traditional route, follow that route, follow the route of where everyone goes. But I'm telling you right now, five, 10, 15 years from today, people are going to watch the Resilient Minds podcast. They're going to remember the conversation myself and Eric had. And they're going to realize everything is now online. The teachers are now robots. Hardest working people in the world, teachers, are underpaid. That just tells you something. They study to be underpaid. They study to be underappreciated. The people who are wealthy is not the person who teaches. It's the person who owns the school. The person who's wealthy is not the accountant. It's the person who owns the firm. The person that's not a wealthy is not the lawyer. It's the person who owns the law firm. The person that's not wealthy is not the person that actually goes out there and runs, works for the business with the title. It's the person who owns the business. Doctors aren't wealthy. They are rich. Rich is when you have money and no time. Wealthy is when you have time 
to spend the money you make. And people miss that. They want to be rich. They miss wealth. They miss time and money freedom. So I'd rather own the hospital, have no qualifications, finance it, have all the people highly, highly qualified. I'm not against jobs. We need people to work jobs because every little thing, the platform we're using right now, it's made by someone, not the owner, by someone. So we need people. If you're good at it, great. But some people just have higher desires from life. Yeah, dude, uh, that is the, the wealth versus rich is something that I, I definitely um, can resonate with. And that's the first time I've actually heard that application. So thank you for that, uh, Sashin. I really appreciate that. Um, listen, you know, that kind of turns me into, you know, the process behind um, the millionaire student. You know, I really want to uh, understand a little bit about that because, you know, you're doing amazing things. You're educating. You're offering so much value in the world. And I really would love if you can describe the process behind the millionaire student and how that evolves and how that has, you know, where it started and what, what made you identify, like, this is where education needs to go. So Eric, firstly, for me, this was not my primary business. I can mm. speak on stage and, you know, get paid zero dollars and I'm more than content. I, I don't sell a book to make money. I don't sell a course to make money. I never, ever wanted to go into this route. Um, I was doing my traditional business and most people miss it. They want to go down that route to create a business. I believe your brand is not created first. It's your work ethic. It's the success stories you formulate, which organically creates the brand. So I used to speak at events. Why? Because people used to pay me and say, Sashin, you're good at what you do. You've created businesses for a billion plus. You've helped succeed. You've helped other people succeed. So they continuously came up to me and they said, Sashin, how do I become a millionaire? Number one question people ask me, how do I become a millionaire? And I always said to them in a very short answer, you need to remain in student mode. You need to learn. You need to study. You need to research. You need to grow. You need to evolve rather than dissolving. And when you look at the word learn, L-E-A-R-N, eventually you, when you learn enough, you remove the L. So you earn enough. And what starts to happen is people don't realize this, but they want to become a millionaire before they become the student. And it's not sustainable. You need, so, so, I, so my, my people created the brand, The Millionaire Student. I just formulated and registered and trademarked it. But they organically made me creative. And I created the, the Millionaire Student by making people understand you need to be a student in order to become a millionaire. And when you become that millionaire, you need to remain in student mode to maintain and sustain millionaire status. So what starts to happen is the more you learn, the more you earn. The more you absorb, then you can apply it. And what, you know, I started events and, you know, it's just, it's incredible of how it's blown up. Let's just say at my events, I've trained from stage over 1 million people on stage, from stage. Wow. And, and, and it's blowing up, but I'm yeah. taking on traditional education. And I want people to understand self-education, a $10 book. I don't know what book it is for you, but a 10 to 15 to $20 book can create wealth in your life today. Learn more, absorb more, apply more. Don't just absorb. Don't just learn to store, learn to absorb, to apply. Execution is key. And then most importantly, stay in millionaire student mode. Always having the ability to learn. We have two, two ears one mouth listen more than you speak stand in front of someone i got my a4 hardcover book i'm learning i'm writing down notes 
I'm studying, I'm researching three to four hours a day. And eventually you don't learn to learn, you learn to teach. It's a very different way to learn. Mm. Learn to teach, I love it. And tell me this, because I think that, you know, you've evolved this process of the millionaire student um, into something that, you know, is near and dear to you. And you talk about uh, really the execution phase. It sounds like it's a really profound and very important value that you can continue to evolve to the next level, to the next level, to the next level. Execution, execution, execution. I've heard you say it in multiple, multiple different ways. And I really want to ask or would like to know, um, you know, how does that consistently show up in your companies or in your work or maybe your staff or the way that you serve your clients? Uh, because execution is, you know, implementation. We all know it. So with these creators, sometimes they struggle with implement, right? And execute. How does that show up for you? Go ahead. Sorry. The first thing is as simple as this. When you read a book, you don't read to finish. You don't read cover to cover just to say I completed 10 books of the year. You read until you find a moment in the book for you to close the book and then go execute, go take action. Most people can sit down and they read so much that they store and they don't execute it. And then you get some people who find a moment for inspiration and they execute it. I have another rule. It's the countdown rule. Now, I don't know what countdown works for you. It might be five, it might be 10, it might be 30. But the minute you tell yourself it's time to execute, you count down. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, boom, you gotta wake up and execute. There's no such thing as procrastinate, wait, hesitate, communicate with your inner self to tell yourself why it's Saturday and Sunday. So I believe you work so hard for six, seven, 10 years, seven days a week until you flip it around and then you have six Saturdays and one Sunday. And that's where I'm at right now. Every day is a weekend. Every single day is a weekend. And you know, you gotta be able to flip it around. And then, you know, you get to a point where you're blowing up, you're building a business, you're building a brand and you know, you can't handle it. So you start to delegate and delegate comes from faith. You got to be able to put something in someone else's hands with the, with the intention of, I trust you. I know you're going to over deliver. If I pay you for what you're good at, I can't tell you how to do your job. You're better than me at it. And there's certain times where you know you're good at it, but you still need to delegate and hire someone else. Why? It, it takes away some time from you. You yeah. can spend your time on being a visionary. You can spend your time on rolling out the plan. So I got 140 to 150,000 affiliates in one of my companies. Wow. I don't speak to everyone. I speak to the core, the core leadership. They speak to their core. Their core speaks to that leadership form. And eventually we've blown up. And you know, it all came up from sport because I played sport, wanting to play cricket you know, for, for South Africa when I was in my teens and I realized there's different levels to it. So I created this group called the locker room. It's for people that understand you make it into, you make it onto the, from the hotel to the bus, to the stadium, but you can't get into the field. Then you have something called the, the, the from, from the locker room, you have something called the huddle. And the huddle is that 15 rugby players. 11 cricket players and make it onto the field. Then from the huddle, you have something called the captains. There's a vice captain and a captain. So that's high level leadership. And after the captains, you have 
your coaches. And then from coaches, you have your co-founders. So people need to elevate their, their level of, you know, you don't give them coaches or co-founders on day one. They got to earn their stripes. And by earning their stripes, they sustain it. And today, because my whole goal is this. When I die one day, I want to create something bigger than me. I want to create something that generates generational wealth rather than me money, my time money. And this is where the whole sitting on the beach residual income comes in. And um, it's that whole process of delegating, having our faith. It's a process of understanding there's different levels that people need to achieve. And at the same time, you've got targets for them to achieve it. So that has allowed me to take that from that business. So when I walk in and I do my own event for the millionaire student, my editors are 10 times better at what they do. I don't tell them what to do. I cast the vision, they do it once, and it's done and dusted. Bad, bro. I love it. The visionary. The visionary mentality. Go get it done. Execute. Boom. Let's make it happen. Real. Intense and epic. So, Sashin, you've given us such a beautiful and profound knowledge and path of success. What would be one reason why people fail? Number one reason why people fail, in my opinion, is because they believe success is owed to them. They believe the ratio should be with them rather than against them. They believe everything should be handed to them. They should be financed. They should be funded. Meet the universe or God halfway. And, and, and imagine everything coming to you. No, you got to walk five steps forward before everything walks five steps closer to you. So the odds are against us. It's always going to be against us. There's more people that's going to get divorced than people that are going to last 10, 20, 30, 40 years. More people that's going to fail in high school, university, than more people that actually do succeed. More people that try to run a business than the people who do become millionaires. The ratio is against you. The odds are against us. And if we understand that, then we realize nothing is owed to you. No one owes you anything. You need to make sure you burn the candle. You literally work the hours. Now, you have that psychological state that maintains the hours, but at the same time, it's bridging that gap. Bridging the gap because millennials know how to work online. Baby boomers know how to work hard. So I come from South Africa where if you look at the word slavery, that's where it comes from. If you look at working seven days a week, getting overworked and underpaid, that's where it comes from. You bridge that millennial and baby boomer gap together and you have hard work versus smart work and you bridge it together and you start to think like a millennial but work like a baby boomer. And people need to understand, no one owes you anything. No one owes you anything. Eric, you reached out to me to be on this podcast. I wasn't going to reach out to me to be on this Resilient Minds podcast. Yeah, you exactly. did the first step. Yeah. You took the initiative. You executed and I went through your profile and I scanned it and I said, hold on, my brand attaches to someone like this. I want to be on that podcast. Eric, you're not the only one. There's tens of hundreds of people out there. But you got to be able to understand. You did the first thing. The odds were already against you. You broke the odds. You seized the moment. You created your gap. If there wasn't a gap, you created it. And that's why. That's why I can tell you right now, your, your podcast is going to blow up, man. It's only a matter of time. It might not be today. You're going to have bigger guests. It's going to pop out. I know what you're going through. I ran a podcast when I was starting to get 500 views. Until I launch a video, I get 150, 200,000. I got A-list celebrities on my podcast. I pay them $0. But I know 
how it feels to start off on day one. And you're going through this and you're going to break through it. And when it breaks, just do it long enough and watch what happens. Sasha, so much love for you, bro. I appreciate that. You know, it means a lot to me, dude. And absolutely. Thank you for being so open and just like willing to jump on, man. Uh, you've been nothing but a blessing to, to connect with and just so much value. Um, last thing, of course, I, I, you know, if there's anybody that wants to reach out to you, if there's any way that they can, you know, find out more about the millionaire student, um, how can they reach out? How can they find out? So I can put it in the show notes for everyone. Yeah, so they can go to Google, just type in the millionaire student or type in Sashin Govinder. Um, you can go on to Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, whatever needs to be. Just type my name in. There's enough free material on the internet that I deliver on every single day. I try to get something, some sort of fashion of my team to launch that. And we've got an entire media team launching free content. So just understand, you go on the internet, type my name in, you'll pick it up. Uh, add me on Instagram, Facebook, win with Sashin. So it's not lose with Sashin, it's win with Sashin. And um, yeah, everything's on the internet, man. Sweet, dude. Um, and last question before we go. If you had three days to live, what would you do? First, the very first thing is I would want to teach someone the skills, the mindset that I have. So it lasts longer than three days because I know I'm going in three days. So I need something to last longer than three days. Number two, I would start off as many online businesses with the mindset and intention of it carrying on with or without me. By the way, everything I create, is not tied back to me, meaning I create it. If I die tomorrow, it runs with or without me. And then also over and above that in my third day, in my first three days, I'd want to do something. I would want to guard and give back to the underprivileged. I would want to feed, educate, and clothe as many children as I can in that very short period of time. And uh, I'd shoot for the whole day of content, knowing that it's going to be lasting forever. It's there and they can distribute it however it can. My goal is to leave a legacy and a legacy is just not money. A legacy is something bigger than me. It's bigger than my name. It's bigger than, you know, cause we are the messenger. We're not the message. So I want to be that messenger of hope, be that messenger of desire, be that messenger of faith. Sashin, you're definitely that messenger, bro. You have mad love. You have so much passion, charisma, um, and you're, you're doing so many great things. I just want to, uh, thank you and acknowledge that. Um, last things, la any last final words or statements you want to share with, with anybody listening? Yeah, I just want them to take this podcast and help you and share with the world, help themselves because when they have enough gratitude by sharing it, number one, and number two, when they have the execution plan of literally 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, it's time for you to take action right now. Not tomorrow, not the next day. Don't have to rewatch this podcast. You've watched it till the end. Go execute, go take action. And here's the deal. You're going to fail more than you're going to succeed. But you just need one shot. Jeff Bezos owns 13% of Amazon. 13%, not 100, 13. What does that tell you? You just need a small piece of the pie. Go get it. Blessings, bro. Much love to you. Thank you so much. I look forward to chatting soon, bro. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Resilient Minds podcast. If you seriously love the episode, please be sure to share it with your friends and click that subscribe button. Do it now. As I continue to grow, I'll be bringing on some leading entrepreneurs into the show. So follow me on Instagram or Facebook and drop a comment or send me a DM. Tell me who you'd love for me to interview and who you'd like to hear more from. Once again, Eric Bounds signing off. And remember this, 
your X factor always determines your Y factor.